You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome, welcome to the Cult of the Collective Commentary. Featuring Dave A.C. The Sixth Doctor and Al Thor. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Cult of Collective Commentary Studio. Hope you don't mind. Uh, things are a bit of a mess over here. Uh, I just had to send my wife out to the gas station to to, to, to get some gas, um, you know, because we're uh, running a bit low in the car, so um, she can't really tidy anything up. Uh, and she'll be fine. I mean, you know, it's just a gas station. It's just down the street. Dave, hi, Ian. But it's taking so long to get started, and I'm drinking this 14% wine. I've got a feeling I'm going to get hammered tonight. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be smashing, Dave. Mike, <laughs> was that you I saw strolling across the forecourt? Probably. But, you know, as the saying goes, dove ande sotobias again. It's time to roll the dice, people. Oh, dear. I just rolled a nat 20, and there it goes. <laughs> That's my little notebook. That's how he rolls in the show here. Um... <laughs> All right. Well, um, since we've been away for a while, you're probably might be a little uh, at a loss for what we're talking all over the top of. But it'll all make sense very, very soon. As soon as I sneak in here and grab this, uh, grab this report off a printer. Uh, yes, we are talking all over the top of Luther. Yes, we're back to Luther. Series two, episode three. And let me remind you where we were last time with Luther. Episode two. There you go. That's all you're getting. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, are you ready to begin? Indeed. I'm ready to go. Excellent. All right. Well, I will, you know, in case you've all forgotten how this works, I'm going to count us all in. And when I say the magic word play, we'll all hit play on our official BBC copies of Luther Series 2, Episode 3. All right. Time to get going. Put my spray can down and count everybody in. In five, four, three, two, one, play. Original British, British drama. drama. A little recap. Thank you. Yeah. She's a bit of a piece of work. Yeah. Ow. Nailed it. Oh, right. The, the hammer and the nail. <laughs> Quite brief. Yes. I can't see Megan. Hmm. 
Actually, she's on her way back. Is that friend of yours with the DeLorean there, uh, Mike? I didn't see that either. <laughs> they might have just left. Left just in time. Ah, oh, is that the, the car going 88 miles an hour down the street? <laughs> You can tell you're in England, can't you? They form an orderly queue at the till. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, standing there waiting in line is uh, Golda Rochevel, who's most recently been in uh, Holby City, Threesome. Now, that's stating this. Look behind the counter. You can see the cigarettes on display. Oh, what, they don't sell them in gas stations anymore? Well, small shops are allowed to, but supermarkets have to have them under the counter. They're not allowed to display cigarettes now. Hmm. And I'm also noticing the wine and beers. That, that there are two. It's something that I've noticed here. In, in the southeast, they're able to... pet. You know, convenience stores are able to sell them like that. But up in the northeast New England area, they're not able to sell alcoholic beverages in convenience stores, hmm. like petrol stations. Interesting. They um, still... I wish you had the spray can. He's pinched it off you, Ian. <laughs> yeah, I know, it was here. But anyway, um, um, back to Golda. She was actually also in uh, two episodes of uh, Torchwood, uh, in Exit Wounds and uh, Dead Man Walking uh, as Dr. Angela Conley. Uh, uh, can I just uh, say something here? No, no, if, no. If, but... if, if all the Americans listen to this, <laughs> are watching this, are thinking, that's a small baseball bat. <laughs> Isn't it? It's a rounders bat. That's what we play in this country. Rounders, not baseball. And by now, somebody in America would have shot him. Oh, oh shot him hammer now. <laughs> um, also, she did play a doctor in another series. Casualty. Well, I was waiting for confirmation from Ian, but casualty. <laughs> I did say casualty. As I was saying, uh, yes, she played a doctor in Casualty as well. Now, that was good. That, well, not good, but, I mean, they didn't need to show him hitting him with a bat that was... It's the sheer arrogance of this guy, isn't it? He's not worried about cameras or anything, is he? I wonder what I'd do now. Beggin, run! <clears throat> David. He's a bit chilling. And he's not exactly a big guy, is he? He's not like a, a six foot four bloke who'd you be running from, but it's just so unpredictable. Now, I think I would have picked one of the other cars. 
<laughs> it, it puzzles me. He smashes up all the windows in that one, and then he steals it. Yeah. Oh, he's trying to do 88. <laughs> now we're assuming that those tires still have rubber on them. After yes. all of that. You see, the, the one thing it wasn't, I guess it wasn't apparent when he had the, the, the squirt gun is that, that, that that's what was in there. I mean, you just kind of, you know, it, it gets, oh, it's like, it, it could have been uh, vinegar. It could have been, you know. At some point last year, I was rewatching Misfits from the beginning, and I got to an episode in Series 2, uh, towards the end of Series 2, that actually used this this song in an episode yeah. of Misfits. It had to do with the whole Alicia Curtis... Sorry, Alicia uh, Barry. <laughs> it's been Simon. Alicia Simon story arc. Yeah. Future Simon and all of that. But yeah, that's Misfits. But yeah, it was used in another series. So there you go. What a state of his place, I tell you. And the, the young man, of course, who got uh, beaten to a pulp and, uh, at the back of his car was uh, uh, Babu Sise. Um, who has uh, been in uh, Inspector Lewis? Uh, getting on, and he's also been in Casualty. That's two casualties and another oh, casualty. Another casualty, which is sad because he was one. <laughs> That's just bad. That's irony. Irony. I don't know. Everybody's a chef on TV now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking um, Yellowwood Mountain Shiraz from South Africa, by the way. 2012, 14%. Alrighty. And so, so it's with your food and wine. Um, I'm drinking a uh, Naked Wines uh, Fletcher Wines Shiraz 2010 Margaret River. Um, and it's uh, 13.5. And it's, it's not my favorite. I've got another Shiraz by uh, Margaret River. I think it's the 2011, which hopefully will uh, be a little better. It's just not really appealing to me. But hey, I'm never one to uh, pour out a half-decent wine. <laughs> We're not even bothering asking about what he's drinking, are we? No. <laughs> I'm drinking dihydrogen monoxide. Mm-hmm. Is it good? At least it's, uh, it's very not... cold. Well, I thought it might be like, I don't know, Mountain Dew. That's another podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
There's somebody at the door. There's... Seems strange a policeman's wearing that somebody's knocking at his door. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, actually, this this episode, um, I don't have an awful lot of work to do because uh, aside from the, the um, victims, basically, there's, uh, uh, there's not a lot of uh, credited people in this. I mean, we've got our usual players and uh, everybody else has pretty much been covered in, in previous stories. Poor Justin, uh, he's a long-suffering guy, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let me just say at this quiet moment then, um, Ed, first Ed, 28th of June, 2011, um, was watched by 6.11 million. Uh, the lowest number of these episodes, they were in the uh, getting towards 7 million on some episodes, and it's just over 58 minutes long. And uh, should we have a time check? Uh, yeah. We're coming up to... Uh, Nine minutes and 58 seconds. There we go. And uh, while we're back at the gas station, uh, the young gentleman who was uh, phoning it in, I don't mean that in a bad way. No, he was phoning in the the robbery. Um, Not an acting critique then. Oh dear, he was playing with uh, Deepak Chandrapal. Um, is uh, Hamza Jitua. Wow, I wrapped my head around that one. All right. <laughs> and uh, most recently, we've seen him in uh, The Thick of It as Raj. And uh, prior to that, Combat Hospital. He looks like he's rather new to the uh, to the acting game. At least, you know, television. Soko. Oh, <laughs> I should know what those initials stand for. But a crime scene investigation, guys. Ah. Okay, Dave, do those red buses still actually run? Because I I keep hearing one way or the other. They do or they don't. And I, and I see them here in shows like this. Do those red double-decker buses still run? Yes, they do, certainly in London. Uh, okay. here, in, here in the Manchester area, they're mainly orange, but uh, different uh, ones have different colours. And, and now it's been opened up. There's not just, on any one bus route, there's not just one company that runs the buses. But the, the the main ones that are read in London are the um, the open top tourist ones. Okay, because I keep hearing either they are running or they've been decommissioned and replaced with other colours or whatever. I don't know. There's lots of different colours, yeah. Right, and and just uh, just so you do know, um, Soko is, stands for Scenes of Crime Officer. Um, it's an officer who gathers forensic evidence for the British police. Uh, they're also referred to uh, by some forces as forensic scene investigators, uh, crime scene investigators, CSI. Uh, although the job differs from that depicted in uh, the CBS TV series, or crime scene examiners. Suckers are usually civilians, not police officers, 
but are employed by the police force. Uh, evidence collected is passed to the detectives of the criminal investigation department and to the forensic laboratories. The SOCOs do not investigate crimes or analyze evidence themselves. Yeah, this is to, it's actually to give this sort of impartiality and integrity to right. the uh, whatever collected at the scene, I think. And they, were it, it. Yeah. they were introduced in, uh, uh, into the Metropolitan Police in 1968, replacing the CID officers who previously carried out these functions. So you're right, it's kind of an arm's length thing where... Um, that you know it's it's just they, they just grab everything and then they you know yeah. they don't analyze it nothing you know. yeah so the policeman can't say oh i found this uh right. this packet of drugs down the side of your sofa you nicked right. you know and of course uh, that was one of the things that came up on when we were doing our great commentaries guys on life mm -hmm. on mars because he he wanted them to secure the scene and <laughs> and there's that right. famous scene where they think they've got a body and Gene Hunt's uh, standing over him and he thinks he's he's and he's dripping his mustard out of his sandwich yeah. all over the <laughs> <laughs> oh dear This is a strange character, this older police guy that's yeah. the heavy. Oof. When I see this actor, I keep thinking of uh, Ian Brady in the UK, uh, the, the famous Ian Brady and Myra Hindley, who, you know, kidnapped and killed a few children and they never found some of the bodies. He's still in prison. I, think. I, don't, I can't remember. I don't think he's died. But he, he, this bloke could play Ian Brady in a heartbeat. Mm. He's a little too cocky. One thinks he might come to a sticky end. <laughs> oh. Oof. Oof. Mm. It's definitely got a feel, even though it's modern day, it's definitely got a feel of sort of 60s long London gang, gang, gangland. Right. I'd say it. Yeah. You know, the family crime unit. Yeah. Where, uh, and I, I, don't, I don't want to be controversial here, um, but a lot of the crime seems to be... Um, not family or you know it's not a family you know where where you know being gangsters my dad was a gangster my dad before him was a gangster yeah, they tend to be uh completely different nowadays not that i know much about it but <laughs> what you know what? what what you know what what i know what yeah <laughs> 
he's actually very good, this actor. In a, Alan Williams, the one playing? Yeah, the, the older man, yeah. Yeah. Because he still has respect for Luther. Hmm. And most recently, I mean, we've probably covered him before, but it's been a bit... Um, he's also been in another series I like, uh, 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 Doc Martin as ah. Alistair Tonkin. Um, but most recently, he's been in uh, Casualty. So another! Just, I just had to get another one in there, you know. <laughs> now, the only one I missed earlier was... Um, uh, um, James Putifat, uh playing Steve Kimball. Um, there is no picture to go with that. So um, I did a bit of a search, and it looks like it was the other gentleman who was at the uh, forecourt. Um, unfortunately, I have no listing for this gentleman in the uh, in the convenience store. The dairy. I don't need it. They're still called dairies. I mean, would this be a dairy? or? You, would you... No, this is, a, this is a corner shop. Corner shop. A little news agent. And they used to be called Sweet and Tobacconists. Mm. Yes, this sweet guy's skies. really, really good, though. Yeah. Uh, His name is uh, Stephen Robertson. Um, he's uh, most recently been in uh, Ripper Street, actually. Uh, it's a new series. That's, uh, I think it's on... Uh, I think it's showing here on BBC America, too. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's also been in uh, the Bedgley Circle, being human as Mr. Rook. Uh, trying to decide if I've seen that because I've only I've only watched a couple of episodes of last the last series. Uh, I'm but, just thinking he got off lightly there. That guy he must have only rolled a two or something, mate. <laughs> he's also been in Ashes to Ashes uh, ah. in series three, episode six. It's Paul Thority. Uh, Tessa the Dobervilles, Dave. Oh, Cousin that. Claire. Right. Uh, he was in Nova. Uh, uh, Gemma Arterton was the uh, main person in that. Right. And she's play- who she played just recently. She played against with Jake Gyllenhaal in um, that sword and fencing one, which he was in. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal played a, one of these superhero guys, didn't he? Just re- not a superhero, a mythological hero. Oh, uh, Hansel and Gretel, which hunters? No, oh, well, that's mythological. Well, it's a kid story. Uh, Prince of Persia, Sense of Time. Prince Sense of, of Persia. Persia. Prince of Persia. Okay. Prince, and she, she was Gemma Arterton was in that with him. She's got a ton of stuff getting way off track, but she's she's in, uh, got a bunch of stuff coming up. Runner, runner, mystery, white boy, absolutely anything, crooked house, the right girls, walking on sunshine, and the prenup. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> was. She was very much like the actress, you know, um, who plays Sally Sparrow. You know, mm. um, thinking, uh, basically got a few TV breaks, played the the Tess. Uh, and that was launched. Uh, same as Ruth Wilson. Ruth Wilson played um, uh, in uh, Jane Eyre, and that got her big break against with Tom Hardy. Tom oh. Hardy, of course, has just played Bane in the the latest The Dark Knight Rises. Mm. 
And I think I ought to give us another time check. We're 20, coming up to 21 minutes now. Very believable. I think I said this in our last episode. You know, you do believe you are in a police station. He does seem to be his boss. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> hey, look at that walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks like the bloke behind is getting it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, it's two ladies. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Is that what they call soft focus? <laughs> or soft porn. Soft focus porn. There you go. Look, we're corrupting Mike. We better shut up. Same palette again. Notice he's got his red tie on. Everything else is yep. muted pages and things. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. A very muted colour palette in the series, which is actually yeah, pretty good, actually. I think it's... um. You just knew, knew she'd be the fire girl, don't you? Nobody else would want that job. But she's ambitious. Yeah, she's a bit useless, though. <laughs> she's played some strange characters. Oh, she has. Uh, Survivors, was it? The, the oh, other one? she really just annoyed the heck out of me in that. But played it true and straight. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, she was uh, basically the last surviving member of the government and felt it was her, you know, her job to uh, reestablish order. At any cost. Now, this is where everybody, we give advice, change your password after watching this, because it's <laughs> so easy to crack. Oh, yeah. And Dave's is wine. Yeah, Ian's is big softy. <laughs> Mike's is wheel of time. You well, figured expect- it out. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting you to say drat then. Yeah. <laughs> Going to have to go through and change everything now. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, I just logged in and did it for you. Yeah. Let me know if you need the password. <laughs> he's not imaginative. He'll change it to Wheel of Time, book 14. I think because he's got numbers in, we won't figure it out. Kudos <laughs> to them for actually having the print dialogue box come up. Uh, you know, a lot of these things, they just, they fake any kind of computer screen and you just clicks on something, but they actually had the Windows print dialog box came up. So I was quite impressed. It was probably actually something on the screen that he had to print. So it'll come out the printer. <laughs> Very noisy little thing, isn't it? Yeah, they are like that. It's, it sounds a bit like a dark matrix printer, even though it's not. <laughs> it does actually. <laughs> I wonder if it was one of those things that just put it over there for effect. I don't know. Well, well, in places like this, they they don't buy, they buy robust printers. So you mm, buy it, okay. it has to last ten years. Well, like the one I've got sitting next to me, it's an HP uh, LaserJet four thousand series. Um, I got it actually from when my work closed down, 
So it had been there about a good five years, and then I've had it another uh, 13 years, you know, and the thing keeps just motoring along. They still make yeah. cartridges for them, so it says something about the, the you know, that they, they make them tough. I mean, that was in a warehouse printing documents, you know, for Let's see, we did ran two shifts, you know, so two, two shifts a day, just printing out packing lists and stuff uh, with all sorts of people manhandling it, you know, <laughs> drawers being pulled in and out. That door was locked. <laughs> Somebody's yanking your chain, love. Yeah. You mean a daisy chain? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember those as well. With a circular print head. Uh, uh, back to uh, that's a little bandstand, I think. There, the uh, that is sit under. Mm. Yes, and that's not a, a f that's that's a pen and an actual notebook he's using, guys. Oh, now what sort of a dice is that? How many sides has that got? Looks like an eight-sided yeah. die. Oh gosh, he knew it as well. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, we're 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 old D and D players. Well, I'm an old D and D player. Mike's a young D and D player. <laughs> All of the hours I spent playing D and D, going down to the library and photocopying the back page of the uh, the uh, was it the user the user guide? Have they not? Sorry, because it was, cause there was the, the 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 rule book, and then there was I think there was a user guide book that you could flick through, but they had a character sheet on that on the back of the the book that you you could photocopy and make character sheets. Yeah, and my son's in one of these role-playing groups. And he, he used to, the, the, the blooming rule books, these games were about 20 quid a pop. Oh, yeah. And he, and he had hundreds, of, well, about 20 of them. Oh, oh, I knew I was going to get hammered tonight. Ah, there we go. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, I mean, i got to say, for somebody who basically we haven't heard him speak, and I... Don't think we do in this. Uh, not sure. Um, plays it very, very well. Um, it's odd to say that about somebody who, who never speaks, but it's just the, the, the way he he moves and and sets about this whole thing is is very well played. Was that her pretending to, pretending to look for a job? Yeah, I wasn't sure about that scene, whether she had just like, yeah. Whether she was just pretending, just been in there because she had to go in there and it walked out. Yeah. Yeah. So she went, she could say without lie. she didn't want to lie to Luther because of what he's done to her. So. Right. She's got no airs and graces, this girl, has she? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, she, the way she plays it, she looks like a girl who's sort of a bit worn down, a bit of, uh, yeah. Mind you, with that mother of hers, I'm not surprised. Yeah. 
I mean, that's why they say don't they, these girls get into these sort of uh, jobs, you know, like in that porn thing. They've got very low self-worth. Right. She's got a very intriguing face, this girl. I don't know what it yeah. is about her, but I actually like her. I just I, so far she hasn't played very likable characters. No, like, that's true. Yeah, you know, um, she always seems to be kind of very kind of anti, you know. And uh, just to uh, bring everybody up to date, uh, Nikki M. Cabird, uh yeah, I will say, by the way, uh, if it doesn't rub over this, is that uh, like Lewis is on TV at the moment. That's just having a short run back. Lewis, of course, the follow up from um, Morse. And they've only just after about 12 years of Morse and about four series of Lewis, they've just had a, 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 a black police officer as a sidekick. Hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Now, here we've got two prominent characters that's a black now it shouldn't be an issue we all know it shouldn't be an issue but th- there are some shows you got uh, you know you know y- if you spot one black face in it you'd be be lucky right and then there's the other side to it where it's obviously being funded by um a, a support well people that where the whole cast are black but to have you know ordinary characters you know it doesn't matter whether they're black or white they're playing that part because they fit the role. Right. And it's nice to see that on um, Luther. I don't think we've got any more statistics because, of course, we are... Uh, we did uh, the whole of Series 1. Well, this is Series... Episode 3 of Series 2. Uh how many more episodes have we got after this, guys? One more. Right. Just one more so, for this series. So, so we'll wrap up some sort of um, things at the end of that one. So mm. we're pretty much into the storyline here, and what a storyline this is. Oh, yeah. Oh, and see, it's about... I guess the oh. thing that's, that's, uh, that bugs me about this episode is you see him rolling the dice, and he's got the book, but it's like... I guess what keeps going through my mind is, what the hell's in that book? And how is he planning, you know... I mean, what's the dice roll for? Yeah, it's, and I guess that's that's why. I mean, you're watching this because you've you're listening to us because you've watched this before. So I'm not spoiling anything, but um, I guess we'll find out in the next episode. But uh, you know, it's left unanswered on here as to why. And I mean, that's just horrible. <laughs> it's like I'm not sure which is worse: the 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 office scene in the next, you know coming up or that bit where you don't see what he was doing but it's good that you don't see it every time right because he's established that character enough to know that he's just beaten 12 shades of something out of that guy right and that's thing shades is, of gray out of you, him. you don't see him beating the guy behind the car you always see his you know his yeah. arm going up and down and stuff you don't see you know the graphicness of it but you just see the aftermath you don't see even see the aftermath of the one where he just you know got everybody in that one place um but this one is just it bothers me <laughs> i guess probably because you don't know what's in that book then you don't know what the dice roll means and uh so 
we're always, uh, I think, a bit uneasy when we don't understand motive. And, uh, you know, I mean, this has happened recently with actual real events is you don't really <laughs> understand what is motivating somebody to do some of the things that they do. Um, and like, this guy breaks all the rules there, doesn't he? I mean, he's drawn attention to himself right. dropping that by like that. You would think he would keep the, the, the what's the word, the persona up of a bloke and park it properly and that people right. would think he was going about his business. But now, just drops it, doesn't care a toss what people think. Yeah. That's good as well. It's great, great disguise being a criminal because you're not wearing protective headgear from being the guard hitting you. Mm. You because you, you're off your motorbike. Yeah. Ideal. Well, this looks a very normal scene. Yep. Boring office. People just going about the distance. Very matter of fact. <sighs> I think, you know, when when's Friday coming along? I'm at work. I rewatched this again last night and uh, yeah, right before I went to bed. <laughs> Oh, that was, was like, bad. Oof. Yeah, I kind of watched, a, watched something else. A, a little, oh, just shit. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. Did you wow, just swear, lovely. David? Yeah. Well, it was that needed it. <laughs> oh. Um, and he actually seems to make contact. I don't know how they've done this sound effect, but they've just done it so brilliantly. Mm. The one thing it gives me is. Uh, you know, people would say, "Well, if people were allowed to, you know, carry guns, and, yeah, I'm bringing, you know, uh, current events into this." But if you notice, the older man has is a hammer and a, and a squirt gun. There's yeah. all those people there. Not one of them is stopping him. Why? Yeah. That's not because they're chicken or scared or not, you know, real men or whatever. It's just when something like that happens. You lose your bottle, you know. Yeah, you've you got just, no reference, have you? Just, no, you just—it's—it's it's such. I mean, when like Dave dropping the S word, uh, which is not something that Dave normally does, uh, just to reference people. Oh, yeah, it's oh, not that kind right. of a show. Um, but it's that kind of reaction. That's us reacting to what we know to be a TV series. Um, so I don't think. I mean, we all like to think that in a situation like that, we'd be the hero or we'd be, you know, the the person in control. But I don't really think it works quite like that. There are some people who, right, whose reactions are different, whose reflexes are better. I think that that I think there's only a, a slim uh, group of people that really could hero up. Um, and it's not well, because of anything that we're lacking. It's just I think there's you know, a certain makeup and in, in a certain brain that, that, that makes things like that. It's fight or flight, isn't it? Mm. But just to give you an example, which I'm not cutting across what you said, but mm. here, in, here here locally, um, the, we've just had an incident uh, where a guy with a motorcycle helmet, well, they actually had a gas mask on, I think, went into a bookmaker's uh, with what appeared to be a gun to rob it, uh, but it was a bookmaker. So there were these, I mean, they were probably half, they'd come from the pub, these guys, so they'd had a few drinks. Mm. So three of them tackled him. In the in the actual, and this is only about three days ago, 
in the the Brigham's ground, the bloke actually must have brought on a heart attack and he died because his breathing was constricted because he'd got this on to disguise him. But it was mm. obviously it turned out he was a fifty year old bloke who was, but and and it was an imitation gun wasn't a real gun but they didn't know that but the point is he'd chosen the wrong thing because he'd gone to a bookmaker's where after people had probably come from the pub they'd had three pints at lunchtime so they didn't think they just went three of them jumped on him right the result is the, the police are not pursuing the you know they're not charging these guys with anything because they went to restrain him they thought their lives were in danger. Right. but here you see in the work days it's just so alien that um Right, it's it, it's like if uh, if you just plonked a clown down right in the middle of an office building, people would be like, and he just stood there. It would freak people out. People would go a bit spare because, you know, if he just oh. stood there and said nothing, because it's that's that very kind of uh, what the heck, you know. Um, it's the it's same thing with the- natural disasters too. It's like people just you don't know what to do, you know. Yeah. When, when did he get the suit on? Did he have it? We didn't see him have a suit before, did he? Well, he stole it off the the. All right. Oh, the, the, yeah. One of the office people, the guy he found in the trunk. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's all. I mean, it's interesting now. This uh, this is the people who are injured, and then everybody else is on their cell phones. You know, calling and telling people, you know, what happened. He spotted the uh, the odd thing out. Mm-hmm. Oh look, nothing wrong with my face. He's very good, this guy. I I gotta say, it's uh, it's an interesting thing because, like I said, uh, we are thirty nine minutes into this, and he has not said one word. But he's dominated the show. Oh, yes. In oh, a definitely. Big, big way. Uh, like I said, his body language and, and everything, he's just really told the story and, and really freaked you out. I mean, you know. He's not secure, he think. He's trying to impress his mother, I think. He's a mummy's boy, really, isn't he? I think... Mm. I don't know. No. Well, he's be, trying to be tough, but really, it's his mum that his mum's tougher and nail. Oh, hello. Right. Oh, you're talking about him. Yeah. Two women in there again, and yeah. he's not in there. That's the stupid thing. It's like he's on the phone. How do you know he's <laughs> he's an idiot? <laughs> oh dear. Forty minutes. What thirty-nine wasn't accurate enough for you? Yeah, I just saw it pop up. What about the time? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm in church. Do you mind? <laughs> Phew! I wonder what that was. I like See, that leap she makes. Oh, you're sleeping. They're all, they're all very strong characters. I mean, mm. that so believable. I don't like this girl's mother at all, but no. again, strength no. of the acting. Yeah, and you're not supposed to, you know. Oh, yeah, that's the obvious. How are you paying the rent? 
this is why I like these shows that run an hour. I mean, right. I realise in, in in a lot of commercial stations, you know, what we'd be ending now, 41 and a half minutes we'd be ending because right. that's all you could get in an hour's show. It's like I've been watching um, The Vicar of Dibley recently and it's a half hour show. It's mm. not a, it's not an American half hour show. It's a it's a half hour show. It's thirty minutes of of comedy, not the what twenty two and a half you get on the well, on exactly. commercial TV. You know, uh, one of the one of the calls I go on the, the Talking Twilight Zone one, and uh, the episodes there. I mean, with the prologue and the epilogue. I mean, the actual episode is about eighteen minutes, but it's about twenty one and a half minutes all told. I think they fit the script on two A4 sheets. Hmm. We've had uh, a lot, no uh, background music, have we, on this? I'm not aware of it. I mean, you've got some slight little incidental music. As soon as I said that, it comes in. (laughs) Typical. But at least you can hear. I mean, there's so many programs now that, I mean, even sometimes, occasionally, I, I have to hold my hand up. And even though I love Murray Gold, even sometimes on Doctor Who, the, the music's too loud. Right. Uh, what are we getting in this series? Is it one one song per episode at the moment, right at the end? Yeah, usually the same with uh, with series one. And we're watching, but I mean, yeah. these two guys. I mean, the they're, they're not major characters, but they 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 give it that roundness, brilliant. Right. And this guy is playing Justin in that bad cop. Oh, I couldn't watch that. See, you thought this was violent. Mm. That was a lot more violent. I'd stop watching. Sorry, we're watching. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I know you've gone through what that girl's in, but I hadn't realised that she'd been in Silent Witness more than once. Mm. It is great, fantastic, what the girl's done. Mm. She doesn't look 36, does she? No. Oh. Oh, Mike, you didn't like that. (laughs) 
He knows it too. It's your little black book. Yep. <laughs> did you have a li- did you ever have a little black book, Ian? No. If I did, it'd be full of wine. <laughs> You didn't have oh, lots like. of you didn't have lots of little stars on pages. No. No. The only thing I had was a is a uh, room with Muppet wallpaper on it, covered up with pictures of Alyssa, Alyssa Milano from Who's the Boss. I ever had posters on my walls. I don't even remember doing that. Hmm. Trying to think when I think about it. Well, I didn't really come in to. I don't think anybody really started doing that until like the late sixties, early seventies. It really became kind of a. What oh, did when I was at college? And I think the first one I had was. Um, Jocelyn Smith from Charlie's Angels. I thought mm-hmm. she was the best look. And all the others, like the um, the one with the frizzy hair, the you know the. Uh, I thought Jocelyn Smith was. Uh, Jacqueline Smith. Yeah, j- yeah. Just no, it's Jocelyn. You're gonna be a fan to know that. She had this sort of real classy, classy bird. You know, as I said before, you know, um, was it uh, posh totty. So like it play with these dice. Make it more homely. Mm-hmm. Oh. Now I'm surprised you didn't look through that little peephole. Yeah. Maybe it's broken. I mean, the wallpaper's peeling off the walls. Wires protruding. There's no door handle on that door. For 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 such a worn down looking place, it's got a nice view. (laughs) I was trying to work out what that roof was. It looks like some football stadium behind Mm. there, somewhere. And it just suddenly got a lot darker outside. 
between these two shots. It yeah. might actually be part of the Olympic Village, the building behind it, which is, a, well, was a rundown area of London. Mm. Or um, where was it that the, the, the final scenes from the uh, oh. last series played out uh, in that railway station? But if you look at it, it's a goal wing, and I think that might be the swimming venue. If you remember when they had the diving, mm. one of the things about swimming, <laughs> they found the people in the high seats at the back couldn't see the top of the diving platform because mm. the roof was in like a gull-like shape. Right. So when they had the diving from the top board, they couldn't sell tickets in the top 20 rows because mm. they all they'd see is suddenly a diver appear. They wouldn't see him jump off. Jeez. <laughs> Well, t- selling tickets for the for the London, London Olympics was an issue on its own. They just weren't selling, period. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were a couple of issues. One of the ones was that um, they gave a lot of ones to posh people from countries and that. But, of course, they never went to the heats. They only went to the finals. Right. So those seats were emptied. Do you know what's that? But uh, they were very successful. Apparently, the uh, the world's uh, impression of the UK has actually received a boost from quote unquote how well the Olympics went. Right. Oh, something what? What's like about this oh. fella? Somebody told you it was a pussy. Hmm. You can see if there are kittens in there. Mm. <laughs> Remember that line, guys? I've got the money. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that'll work nowadays. I swear this is a commentary, folks. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are quite shocking, down and dirty sordidness, really, that yeah. they're covering. I mean, and it's only by language that we're not actually seeing anything. No. I'm better have a drink, I think. Yep. <coughs> I suppose the surprising thing here is that he's actually offering her money. Yeah. Because he almost feels as though he owns her anyway. Right. Well, that's the thing. That's the reason why he's, uh, 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 rather than asking or just taking, it's it's this kind of cheapening of her that, you know. Yeah, it's what you do. That's all you're good for. Right. Yeah. The old violin's out even. Like yep. Yeah, the only thing of colour in the show is the fire, <laughs> fire alarms red, and the yeah. fire agents. Uh, the, the extinguishers. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we haven't embarrassed you, Mike. Are you very quiet? I'm still here. 
He's reading that book 14 in Wheel of Time while we're doing this. Yeah. Rereading, yes. <laughs> oh. It's actually a neat little scene because I don't think he's saying it um, because he, you know, he doesn't want to answer him or anything. It's because I don't think he wants him to get involved. I mean, remember last time he got involved? Yeah. yeah. He could very well be right, Dave. There is a uh, an apartment block right across from there. Um, it's just whether it's, uh, it, it's done up to... To be because it looks quite a nice apartment block across. Uh, but mind you, there's one further back from there too that could very well be it. Definitely had that gull wing shape to it. Right, actually, but it, could, be... it it it's not like I mean it might be a first that I'm right. It's like finding stuff on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's not. I thought it was you. We thought we found you, DeLorean. There, <laughs> Mike. It's not. And that's, uh, if you want to know what I'm talking about that, listen to uh, episode one, um, was it? 187 of the Colton Collective, and you'll know all about it. <laughs> episode 187. The interesting thing about this whole, uh, the elevator journey and everything, it's all very, very deliberate, because you see the car there, you're thinking, what's he going to do to this guy? This guy's in for it. But it does Luther dare, like, because you know the only thing he's going to do if he catches him doing her, you know. Mm. We're thinking, uh, is he going to walk in on them? Uh, is the guy already left and gone downstairs? Is she dead? You know, what's what's going on, you know? And even at this scene, you think, well, maybe he just beat her up bad, and but then... Pans down, yeah. Right in the back of the head? Yep. Blimey. I didn't notice that before. We were necking. What? Oh, fear. <laughs> and this is the, 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 the big sting in the tail, of course. Is we, hang on a second. Oh, hello, what's that? And we're like, here? oh, it's a copycat. But no, it's it, it gets deeper. Oh, they, uh, they had to let him go because they had no evidence. Mm. At first I thought I'd missed something. Yeah, yeah. Bad editing, they hadn't seen him release. Yeah. Now, is this uh, like Waterloo Station or something? No, this is the... I think this is the one where the Eurostar goes from. I think it's the... Um, what the hell's the name of it? Uh, oh, everybody's shouting at me now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the big one where they've had the extension for the... Uh, the Eurostar to go from, I think. Oh, no. Actually, that bit looks like Euston. But the other one looked like St. Pancras before when he was walking across. Mm. Oh. It's like, hello? Um, hello? 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 strange music. Well, strange singer, but we'll get to that. 
Next. Next. We got another one. Wow. It's got style, this series. Mm. Now, this is where I always have a dilemma. Do I watch this bit or not? I mean, obviously, we're watching this for the second series, uh, second time, and obviously anybody listening to our commentary has watched this uninterrupted prior, but hello? Yeah. Taking a shower in the middle of the show. Only thing is, they don't really tell you anything that you don't already know. And everything else is quite vague. I mean, we see the guy standing out in the rain. Yeah. Um, we see the results of what he's about to do, which we know is going to happen. You know, that he's going to attack people. Um, and then this, the scenes with um, your woman and them, it's, it's, it appears to be her cleaning up after the guy being, or killing that guy and them trying to find her. So, you know, there's nothing really surprising in, the, in, in those scenes to be honest, um, which is a nice way to do it, but they're all very provocative images that you're like, ooh, you know, it's just a nice little tantalizing tease without giving really anything away. Dave, I'll let you go first. Dave, I'll let you go first. Sorry to uh, hammer home there. Yeah, um, this, this was... I mean, we've seen some episodes of Luther that have, you know, equally graphic things in, but um, it, it was brought home to us and, and you identified it, Ian, the, the fact that this chap, you know, virtually doesn't speak, if at all. Um, and the thing is, we, we have this guy trying to control Luther, who's trying to, you know, you know, throw his power around. He's got his powerful mother who's expecting him to deliver, you know, he think, she probably thinks he's a bit of a, you know, a weak-kneed guy, but, you know, he's got to prove it. He's got the old copper in his pocket, you know, that's uh, his enforcer. But even so, uh, you know, he, he, Luther's headbutting him at every time he tries to get him to do something. So he, in theory, is the bad guy. But in the meantime, this other bloke, it's causing absolute devastation in a cold-hearted, um, uh, psychotic manner, really. Uh, and that having those two people uh, so counterpointed differently, one one having all the power, but yet still being unsure of himself and having to take cocaine before he makes the phone call and this, that and the other. And then this one who basically, you know, thinks of London as his board game. Um, point in fact that where where he discards the motorbike, you know, not not worried about drawing attention to himself, where when he commits that atrocity in the office block, he, he coldly tries to, you know, be a tree in the forest and hide within the confines, um, where he's stoically silent in the um, interrogation room. Uh, real nasty stuff. Then we've got the, you know, all the background that's happening with his um, his, his his colleagues, um, and all that's happening with the the young girl and her mother. I mean, there's about um, 
three backstories going on here, yet never at any one point during that episode did I feel as though it wasn't, you know, uh, concise. Now, I'm going to make a slight remark that contradicts that. Like you said, Ian, we don't know why this guy's, you know, going around throwing his dice with his little notebook and why he's doing things. But we're not confused about the direction of that compartment, this compartment, and all these things. And Paul Luther's got all these things, but they're all revolving about Luther. We trust Luther. We hope to, you know, be able to manage it. As he appeals to his young sergeant, you know, do you trust me? I almost feel as though that was uh, an appeal to us as the audience. Do we trust Luther? You know, he hasn't gone bad. Right. Uh, he's got that. We've got. Um, we've still got Alice in the background. We don't know where that's going to come into it again. Uh, we've got an awful. I, I think this is a thoroughly brilliant episode. And of course, we're in this series now where we're getting a storyline going over two episodes, not being sorted out in one. So, absolutely brilliant. I only. I think my only objection to series two was that it wasn't six episodes. And as you confirmed from me earlier in the commentary, uh, next week is the the final episode of series two. But um, loved it. I like the way the fact that the uh, the soundtrack was quite muted and restrained and and held back at times. There's some lovely little you know one on one dialogue scenes. We've got that same um, colorist thing going on. We've got the the muted uh, palette. Uh, all in all, it is a brilliant series to my mind. And um, although, um, and I apologise for my little swear word, <laughs> you really are shocked. And if you aren't shocked, well, <laughs> I don't know what sort of life you've had if you're not shocked when you watch that. Uh, but brilliant, brilliant stuff. And I think that's about it for me. Alrighty. Um, before I progress and, and turn you over to uh, Mike, uh, of course, I forgot to do something at the uh, <laughs> during the credit sequence. Uh, the track we heard at the end is uh, "Sweet Dreams," I made of this uh, by Marilyn Manson. Of course, originally by the Rhythmics. So yes, kind of a good choice, I guess, of artists in at least. Uh, so, <laughs> Mike. Oh boy, Marilyn Manson. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, here we are with uh, episode three, series two, and th- sort of the pattern pattern that we have going on with this with series two alone. We have two 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 parters basically. We have the first two episodes carried on a story arc with with that with that villain with that adversary. Uh, th- these two episodes are dealing with another with with another foe or two, as we find out with that twist surprise ending, written by M Night Shyamalan. But yeah, um, here we are. It's and it's it's an interesting way of doing a series with with these story arcs. And you know, we, we have four episodes, two 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 part story arcs, and it's, so it's an interesting way of doing that. And we have all of these, as you mentioned, Dave. We have all of these characters. We have all of these plots going on, and you know, we have characters that uh, we haven't we didn't see in this episode. Like we didn't see Paul McGann's character at, at all in this episode, mm-hmm. but he's been in episodes at least he was in the previous two episodes and he's suddenly not here now so it's like if characters aren't here that we're used to seeing what's going on with them what are they up to and just here in this episode alone we have just we have 
what we believe is the main villain going on, and then all of a sudden we get this other thing, like okay, uh, a, a twin apparently out of from out of nowhere, and just uh, again with with that that villain with the actor who played that character. We mentioned this during the commentary, but just brilliant acting on that part where he had no lines at at no point in this episode did he speak but he was very effective as as a frightening character very effective so that that was really well done and again it's just this whole thing where what i okay i mentioned uh you know i had that reaction to marilyn manson being the uh uh, a song of his being used uh, for the for the, uh, the the closing credits, and that really kind of goes along with you know the whole sort of chaotic nature of what of how this show is. And the the first series had some violent scenes. There was one episode, interestingly enough, there was only one episode that actually had a warning at the start of it for viewer discretion is advised or whatever variant thereof they used. But this series, this episode alone, it was, was more violent than what we had in that episode. So why didn't they have that warning here? Hmm. I guess they're just, they expect the audience to be used to it by now with Luther. But yeah, this just, that, that sort of go choosing the Marilyn Manson songs just goes along with the whole chaotic nature of how violent and how, how the plots are going now. So, so there's that. Um, yeah, we're we're half already halfway, just you know, over halfway through the second series, and beyond next, you know, the episode we'll be going over next time, uh, episode, the final episode of series two. Beyond that, we've got you know coming up soon, uh, series three, which, uh, which I'm not sure if it's three episodes or four episodes, but either way, uh, a series that's either as long as or shorter than this series so so there's that but yeah it's 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 it, this is i still think this is a good show i like like i like this show it's it's just wow the stories are getting really dark and really really mm-hmm. violent so but it, it it's still you have that core cast of characters luther uh, he, and you know his and you know his 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 work his fellow officer that that we have we have those familiar characters and familiar faces that we have going through these stories, but uh, I don't know, <laughs> it's just, it's getting really violent at this point. But uh, there you go, that's what we have there. But um, yeah, it's 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 still an enjoyable show. As I said, Idris Elba just plays the character of Luther very well. And that that's the reason I keep that I kept with the show, and uh, yeah, still like the show. Looking forward to the series two finale next time. Yes, thank you, Mike. Um, and uh, I, I think I can pretty much tell you that I, I, I do believe it is um, uh, exactly what you said, Dave. That sorry, I've been uh, looking at the. I have been listening to Mike, but I've been looking also, of course, uh, where that building is. Uh, and I do believe you're right that it is a, uh, a building that overlooks the aquatic center. Um, it is either yes, it is either Lund Point or James Riley Point. There's also a, an article, well, a PDF document online um, about, uh, I guess they were refurbing that for filming purposes, I guess because of the, uh, the outlook it has over the stadium. And of course, um, the Aquatic Center, I'm sure a lot of broadcast studios were set up in there. I guess uh, hmm. uh, they're doing, they were doing refurb work, which if you look on the, uh, the, the Google Street View, you see a lot of that being done. Uh, that uh, 
because I guess they had to remove asbestos, but they were, I guess they were cordoning off like a certain amount of floors for, for, for that purpose of broadcasting, etc. But anyway, uh, back to the episode. So yes, Dave was right. Uh, he picked the location. Um, and of course I had a lot of fun trying to find it. <laughs> <laughs> I do love being able to get for us because, uh, I mean, it is great with, uh, with doing things like this, that we have access to the internet and you can find out, the names of, of you know the, the the guy driving the um, the guy pulling the apple cart and and the man walking his dog because um, it's great to be able to give them credit um, but it's also nice to be able to find out a little something by yourself you know just a little detective work since it is Luther but yeah as I said at the beginning this one was a bit uh, on the disturbing side for me just because of the content uh, you know this this uh, and it, and it's an odd one too because. Uh, and in an American series, I guess you'd see a lot more blood and a lot more um, carnage, you know, uh, especially in some of the later night series, you know. Um, this, if well, you notice, who, would, who would bother with a hammer in the States? Right. Would they bother with a hammer? It'd be a blooming automatic machine gun or something. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, and, and that's probably what makes it worse because you're thinking, it's like, isn't somebody going to do something? Because all he has really is a hammer. Uh, his range is awful. I mean, at one point he runs into that small office. It's a little conference room. There's people sitting, you know, standing around in there. And all I'm thinking is, close the bloody door. But they don't. And, and then he runs in there and, you know, and there's there's about 10 people and there's just one of him and he's all he's got is a hammer. And it's just like, it, it, it then becomes not, Oh, why don't you do something? It's like, how terrifying must this be? Um, the people, you know, are reduced to being actionless, you know? Um, and that's the scary thing about the the way that that whole thing is put together and filmed, and uh, the only you know, blood you see is in the aftermath. And there's that one little shot they do of the blood just dripping onto the the, the desk. And so it's so well filmed. Um, I, I I just love the way the series is put together. Uh, you know, from the muted palettes to to this whole thing with reflection and the. The, the the soft you know the distance focus and stuff like that it just it seems to be uh, if you might be saying a bit of art um, but still an enjoyable uh, TV show with a mystery in it and um, and some just damn good acting and good character actors there's there's a few things I I that niggle me about this series is um, we've 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 basically changed we've gone to a different uh, different locale. Um, different staff, except for his, his uh, um, apart from Justin, you know. Um, I mean, um, uh, with the DSU, uh, Martin Shrek, um, he's uh, he's he's good, and I like him. I mean, he was in the last one, but the, you know, I, I just it bothers me, I guess, when you start when you love a show in the first season and then the next season you notice you know oh they got rid of this person and they got rid of that person that's got a lot of american tv um we just we're like halfway through watching uh tv series bones and after the first series you know there were some changes 
which it always bothers me because you just start getting used to things. And people, usually by the end of the first season, they know whether they want to watch it or not. And then they make changes. Uh, there was a, uh, an American TV show that did that. Uh, um, it was a sitcom, and they just changed up like uh, where they where they hung out. They changed all sorts of things, and it's just like uh, it's not the same show anymore. But anyway, I digress. Um, enjoying Luther, and uh, looking forward, I guess, to the uh, to the resolution. <laughs> Can you say that with Luther? Because you know, if you remember last series, we were kind of left with the uh, things just kind of up in the air, you know. Um, so, yeah, Roland, uh, next time when you join us for the last episode of Series 2 of Luther. And bring a drink. Yes, bring a drink, bring a drink. Uh, whether it's uh, water, wine, or Mountain Dew, everyone's welcome. <laughs> Until then, it's goodbye from Mr. Randall Thaw. And it's goodbye from Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Goodbye, everybody. All right, let's roll. Time to go to an inn for a game of dice. And I was right, I'm hammered. Smashing! <laughs>